0: Elite athletes don't become elite athletes overnight. They discover a talent, and then they set about training and sacrificing, changing their diets, their whole way of life, just to win the prize in their sport. So what makes us think that we can become spiritually mature overnight? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take another look at your life from a different perspective. I want you to imagine a person who wants to become an elite athlete, whatever their chosen sport may be. This person sets out to become a great tennis player or footballer or or track and field competitor, and yet all they ever do is they sit on the couch eating chips and sweets and drinking sugar-laden soft drink. Would you expect that person to realise their dream of becoming an elite athlete on that sort of a diet and that sort of an exercise regime? (laughs) Not likely. And yet that's what so many Christians do. They want to live a life of spiritual victory in Christ and yet they fail to turn away from the things that are ruining their lives. Those things have a collective name in God's book. He calls them sin. Have a listen to the Apostle Paul's take on all of this. Romans chapter 6 verse 21 to 23. So what advantage did you get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For much of my life, I shied away from God simply because I thought that becoming a Christian meant living out some outdated, irrelevant bunch of rules that would restrict me and constrain me, a bit like a straitjacket. That's the view that so many people have of being a Christian. You can't do this, you can't do that. How's a person supposed to have any fun in life? What surprised me, though, when I looked closer at it, is that God only tells us not to do the things that are actually going to hurt us and hurt other people. And the list of do's and don'ts, well, it's actually quite small in the scheme of things. And yet still, there's always at least one of those that we want to hang on to in our lives, isn't there? Listen up. There is no such thing as a small sin. Hang on to any sin, and eventually it's going to kill you. Let it go, and the reward is freedom today and eternal life for the rest of eternity. Over the last few days on the program, we've talked a lot about the powerful transformation that happens to you and to me the moment we believe in Jesus. Our past is completely forgiven as far as the East is from the West. So far does God remove our transgressions from us, so much so that our past misdemeanors become completely irrelevant in God's eyes. And in God's eyes, we're as pure and as blameless as Jesus himself. That abundant mercy and grace is a kindness and a generosity that is simply indescribable. And that kindness and generosity is actually meant to have a transformative impact on our lives. Romans 2, verses 3 and 4. Do you imagine, whoever you are, that when you judge those who do such things and yet do them yourself, you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Don't you realize that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Isn't it funny how quick we are to judge others and yet how readily we find excuses to rationalize our own behavior? Maybe it's time for us to stop kidding ourselves. Other people's sin, by and large, isn't our responsibility, but our sin is. And one day Jesus will come back to judge the living and the dead. Each one of us, Christian and non-Christian alike, will stand before him to give an account for our lives, our behaviour and our sin. Make no mistake, judgment day is coming, but right now God has done everything that needs doing. He has shown us every kindness. He has given us every opportunity to repent to turn away from the things that we know are wrong and to turn our lives back to him. The right response, the only response to God's kindness is repentance. That The right response, the only response to Jesus' death on that cross is letting go of our sin and loving him in word and in deed. Surely that's not too much to ask, is it? And it's not as though we're powerless to change because God gives us the very power we need to leave that sin behind. He never takes us to a place where temptation is more than we can bear. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. So if you think that you are standing, watch out that you don't fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Let's be honest, we all struggle with sin. Somehow each one of us has that one Achilles heel, that one temptation, that one sin that we're vulnerable to, (laughs) and doesn't the devil know it? He waits for just the right time when when we're tired, when we're distracted, when we're under pressure, when we haven't prayed or opened our Bible for a few days or weeks and, and then whammo, he swoops in and he strikes. The result? We succumb to the temptation. We stumble, we suffer guilt, we suffer condemnation and we want to run and hide from God just like Adam and Eve did. What's your Achilles heel of temptation and sin? What are you struggling with? Are you wondering what you can possibly do to overcome it? Well, here's a powerful promise from God. Whatever it is, he will never allow you to be tempted beyond your ability to withstand the temptation. And he will always provide you with a way out. That's God's promise to you. He will always be there to help you overcome the temptation. And that's important because that sin robs us of the spiritual victory that he wants for our lives. That sin steals the very thing that Jesus suffered and died and rose again to give us. Abundant victory. God's thought of everything, of forgiveness to be set free from the past and of the power we need to overcome the future. Yeah, God's thought of everything. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 17 to 20 I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. It took me a long while, and maybe I'm a slow learner, but eventually I came to the conclusion that, that I cannot overcome my sin in my own power. In fact, the harder I worked at it, the more I would fail and the more condemnation I'd feel. So far as I can see, working harder at becoming a better Christian is a recipe for a life filled with guilt and condemnation and failure. What you and I really need is some power, I mean serious power, to overcome our sin. And not surprisingly, God already has that figured out. Through the Apostle Paul, there in Ephesians chapter 1, that verse we just read, he tells us that we already have available to us the same immeasurably great power that raised Jesus from the dead to give us a new life. If I go back to the original Greek words, which I don't do very often on the program, and I try and transliterate the meaning of the verse, it comes out like hyperbolistic, megathonic, dynamic power. That same incredible resurrection power to overcome your sin is available to you now, today, through Jesus. So stop praying for power and start praying with power. You have the power to live your life in spiritual victory. It's already been given to you. That's the God honest truth. And it's the truth that will set you free to live your life in victory over the devil, over sin, and over every obstacle this world throws in your way. Life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, Head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message, and I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory.